0: You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate, with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now, your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato, with Ben Properties. And this is episode number 73, uh, featuring Joe Bell. Uh, this is going to be an awesome episode. Joe has some pretty interesting experience, and we're going to talk a lot about um, low money down, no money down strategies that um, you know, we're going to evaluate and see if they're still doable during these uh, crazy times we're living in um, in 2020. Uh, so with that being said, I'd like to welcome Joe to the show. And Joe, uh, he's an expert at helping real estate professionals build, um, build wealth. He's a founder at uh, Legacy Beyond Listings, and he's also the author of the book, Assets, Acquisitions, and Abundance, a guide to building true wealth and legacy through real estate. Uh, Joe is very passionate about serving every real estate professional to help them achieve their market domination and and to build wealth. And interestingly enough, Joe's also um, a real estate broker, Uh, and obviously he's an investor himself, he owns some other companies as well, so he's, he's a, a well-rounded uh, guy, and he's been named um, top 40, under 40, actually in Alaska, so that's where he's, uh, his, he's, con- he's podcasting from, which is believe, a four-hour difference from the United States, and uh, he's been featured in places in ABC, NBC, Digital Journal, Investor's Place, and more, so really excited to have Joe on the show, and appreciate him for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you, Anthony. I really appreciate being here. Awesome. So, Joe, so we were talking a little bit before, you know, I, I hit the record button and we we're talking about how, you know, 40 something year old, which is, you know, how you, you classify yourself uh, as, as an agent. And that's a PR I, move. That's a PR move. <laughs> that's funny. I wasn't trying to make it a PR move. But uh, so how did you get You're talking to me about this investment property in a weekend and you used none of your own money. So can you tell us how that worked out and, how other people can do the same?
1: Yeah, I, you know I, it's one of those scenarios where um, this play had been something that had been building up over years of being in the investment game, right? Um, typically, at least it wasn't for me, uh, it wasn't my first property. I made one call and magically the money showed up, right? It just doesn't work that way. Um, so this was a scenario where actually I was in, I was in Hawaii. I got the call, and um, it was a buddy of mine. And he's like, "Hey, I've got a friend that I coach with. He's getting ready to lose his house. Uh, I think it's coming up for for foreclosure on Wednesday or Thursday, right?" And I I, I believe this was like a Friday, uh, if I remember correctly. And I was like, "Oh shit, that's like right around the corner." So first thing we need to do is know how much they're behind, and then we need to get a check to the bank so we can delay this or stop it whatever we need to do to kind of just prolong it so um uh having a uh a rolodex of uh money right which is what we all have right we all have a network full of money we just don't typically ask the question right of who has money and who potentially wants to participate and once you start focusing on that um it's a pretty big eye-opener at all the access that you actually have. Um, we'll get to that a little later. Um, so yeah, I made a phone call and I said, hey, here's the scenario. I need, I think it was like 28,000 bucks. I need 28,000 bucks to uh, prolong this foreclosure. Bada bing, I found an investor. Um, it was somebody that we've done deals with previously. Uh, we cut a check. Let's see, Monday was Columbus Day, if I'm remembering this correctly. Monday was, so the banks were closed. And I had to get a check-in on Tuesday before 9 a.m. Alaska time because the bank was over on the East Coast and they cut off wire transfers. And man, it it was just a mess making it happen. But essentially, we were able to get that payment in. We delayed it. We ended up coming in with the full sum of funds on the back end cash that out i think it was probably a week and a half two weeks later and then um went forward with remodeling the project and i want to say it was it was roughly um uh, i want to say it was like a, it was only an eight or nine percent return on that one um because we ran into some uh some challenges along the way but still it was better if we had not ended up pulling the trigger on that and here's why in the process, right? I mean, you could throw the margin out the door, but you need some to run a business, but you could throw the margin out the door because sitting and looking into those two individual's eyes that were uh, going through all this stress of losing a home, not knowing what to do and being able to tell them that it's, it's going to be okay, right? We're going to help and then perform on it. Um, sometimes that's all it is that uh, I need to, you know, get some gratification from participating. Um, so that was a really cool moment. It, you know, it's one of, those, one of those moments where you take a step back and you go, okay, this is, this is why I'm in this, right? Um, rather than being a dickhead shark investor type, like, how can I go help people? And part of the reason I do these podcasts is how can I help others jump over into the investment side of the world and start to build their, their wealth down the road?
0: Awesome. That's a really interesting story. So $28,000 to prolong the mortgage. So what, how large was this property? It was a single family home, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, it was a single family home, two car garage. Uh, let's see, it had one, two, three, four beds, and it, I believe it was like 2,100 square feet. This was a couple of years ago. Um, <clears throat> I mean, just a real nice home, good layout, um, kind of a, a shoebox where garages are on bottom and then uh, most of the living space up top. So yeah, it was, it was pretty straightforward, you know, 70, 80,000 in repairs and uh, uh, yeah, it ended up working out.
0: And that, you mentioned you were, you were in Hawaii or the properties in Hawaii? I was in Hawaii at the time. Um, so one thing about where we live is uh, we
1: live in a rainforest, which is funny being in Alaska, um, but we sit at the base of a uh, ski resort. And so there are often times throughout the year when we get more rain that comes through than snow. And so we try and get out of town for those scenarios. So Hawaii is like a straight, easy five and a half hour. Boom. You walk out the plane and it's paradise. So we go over there as much as we can.
0: That's awesome. So, all right. So you get the call and you work in Hawaii and you're having a good time. That's great. So, um, so how would, so what would you kind of suggest to our audience? Like how do they, you know, I, I you kind of touched on it briefly with your network and, and whatnot. Are there, are there any other strategies to acquire real estate with little, very little money down? Um, especially, you know, if you, if you're trying to buy by yourself or with a couple of partners um, and that's it, you don't really you know, want to get involved with too much else. What, is there any other ways?
1: Well, there's all kinds of ways, right? I mean, it, it, really uh, is only limited by how you allow your brain to uh, come up with the different scenarios. There's, there's tons of opportunities and I'm sure you run into it with some of the conversations around big multifamilies. Um, you know, you can run into owners that have had this property for 20 plus years and it might be more beneficial for them to hook you up with an owner finance on the way out versus a straight up, you know, close the deal out and get hammered with the taxes Right. And that, that burden of, um, that lump sum coming out. So it all just, for me, it's whatever opportunity we run into. We just, we just had a a scenario where it's a dry cabin. Um, there's like a holding tank. They do have a well on the property, but otherwise it's, it's like this (laughs) almost what, well, what I would perceive you guys down in lower 48 might think of what Alaska looks like. Uh, You know, it's this cabin, it's up in the, in the mountains and, um, surrounded by woods and it's this rickety old rustic looking thing. Well, we ran into an owner and she had to get out of town. She was ready to go. So we ended up um, uh, essentially setting up a owner finance scenario that, you know, we put 10,000 bucks down and our first payment isn't due until I think like February. And then we've got a year to pay it off or something along those lines. And um, what's neat is like the, the monthly, overhead is so minimal versus what our market bears for, which surprised the heck out of me, um, that there is a market for that. But I mean, we could spend just a couple hundred bucks every month, you know, taking care of that deal and putting a renter in it. Uh, And then ultimately, you know, there's a big backside uh, when we go to sell. So it's, it's just the different scenarios that come up. And again, this was somebody that was like, please help me figure this out. Try and untangle me out of this scenario. Um, I don't really care if you guys benefit off of it, but just help me get to where I need to go. And that's what I love, you know, in those scenarios. Um, But it was also, you know, something where we didn't have to really try and hammer down a deal. It was what works for you. Can we, you know, talk about owner finance and yeah, this works great. Let me go find the 10,000 bucks. Let me have the back end cash out ready to go. If we need to do that earlier than we expect. And bottoming, we're off and running and now we have this really neat property and I don't quite know what we're going to do with it just yet, but there's a market out there for it.
0: Right. No. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, and in terms of, you know, can you, the owner financing during these current times, and I want to get your opinion on these current times as well, which, you know, long term, short term view on the market. Um, you know, is owner financing a little bit? It sounds like you just did this deal. So, is it a little right. more challenging or prevalent that um, you're coming up with those types of deals, or or what, what's that look like? The deal you point? know,
1: <clears throat> our market is pretty strong. I mean, traditionally around this time, end of October, we start seeing it kind of pewter off a little bit as we get into November. So it starts to get pretty quiet as it is. But, uh, you know, since since April, we've been going really strong. It's interesting. Our inventory has dropped way down, but our sales have ticked way up. Um, so, I mean, surprised the crap out of me, to be honest. I didn't expect to have such a strong market, but you, you throw in the low interest rates and now a – You know, two hundred thousand dollar condo buyer can get into a four hundred thousand dollar single home, Um, and same thing with the six seven hundred thousand dollar buyers can now jump up to a million dollar home. A lot of folks are looking at those scenarios and going, "Man, we might not have this opportunity again, so we might as well pull the trigger." And I think everybody's kind of bored just sitting at home anyway, so why not jump into real estate or the stock market, have some fun, you know? Yeah, why not? Exactly. Uh,
0: Play play with your own money. Uh, Yeah.
1: But for me, uh, sorry, if I cut you off, uh, for gotcha. me, it's, it's one of the scenarios where uh, I do my best not to make predictions. Uh, I've done it in the past, and it always seems to come back and smack me in my face. So it's very, I, I look at it very short windowed. You know, I uh, typically don't want to make any sort of commitments longer than 12 months on a lot of what we're doing, because we're just looking at turning right now. Um, if the right opportunity for long term came up, then we would probably jump on it. But again, you know, who knows what's going to happen after the third of November? Who knows what's going to happen February of next year? Who knows if you know some of the um, uh, demolition from being closed and businesses getting hammered? Who knows when that's going to exactly show up? Because we haven't quite seen it just yet. So I don't, I don't want to make predictions. But what I do know is having an asset is super important as we move forward whether that's um, real estate whether that's a business whether that's uh, stocks whether that's education whether that's something within you yourself right um, and that's where I ended up coming up with the uh, title for the book assets acquisitions and abundance is really we're talking about where are your strengths um, assets you know in one class or one thing but Really, if you don't know what assets you possess, I foresee the next 18 months being a little bit of a challenge because you could be playing. um, uh, Actually, I I should say you could be purely reacting from the market versus trying to be proactive
0: and making some steps. Sure. Can you talk to us about your book a little bit? When did you write it and what's what's it all about?
1: Um, What's pretty funny is uh, this started as a... uh, eight bullet point segment and then it was okay let's go ahead and add a little bit of meat to these bullets uh let's go ahead and do a webinar uh can you add some stories around each bullet and next thing i know we're like at 100 pages and they're like well we should just do a book like let's go ahead and write a book and it was never in my yeah i mean on my radar at all um but essentially it is it is steps and mindset driven around um capitalizing on the assets that you do have. So focusing on your personal strengths to then take advantage of your network to go and build up your assets in the investment term so that you can start building future wealth. And initially I came up with it as a real estate professional wanting to help other real estate professionals because in this game, uh, I mean really I would I would probably say less than 5% of real estate professionals out there are set up for any, set, any sort of retirement without the help of a partner or other extenuating circumstances. The majority of them are running from transaction to transaction. And it's the mindset of, oh, the next deal, I'll go ahead and put some money away. Oh, the next deal, I'll start thinking about buying an investment property. Oh, next deal, next deal, next deal, kicking the can down the road. And then uh, these 15, 20 year vets in the game, they look up one day and they go, shit, I have zero retirement. Now that next deal is painstakingly so damn important that they show up with commission breath, that everything starts to get forced and they start to kind of freak out a little bit. And I wanted to help reduce the likelihood that that was going to happen. So we came up with legacy beyond listings.com. That's our website. Um, because it's all about utilizing what you're good at as a real estate professional to capitalize on different opportunities and investments that come along, um, you know, your way as a result of being involved at such a deep
0: level. Got it. What's a commission breath. that's, That's a great term. I've never heard that before. You haven't heard that. Oh man. Um,
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's it's showing up to the conversation knowing that you really really need that deal because you got a truck payment you got a rent payment you got something you got to make some money for right and so you're not as natural going into these conversations you it's a little bit forced so that you can lock it up
0: and hopefully make the commission (laughs) awesome i never heard that before but it's a great term and in terms of so basically you're saying You know especially for you know from the real estate agent point of view you know to start investing earlier because as you know in the industry you know it's some and i don't know how your brokerage works but i know a lot of other brokerages they don't really provide 401ks there's no pension benefit there's you know you got to set that up yourself so uh, the earlier you can start the better so once the you know the the real estate professional community starts that process Uh, how do they scale number one? And then when they get to the point of scale um, and they're still an agent as well, how do they start to outsource some of these, whether it's processes or management or whatnot, but at what point does it make sense uh, for them to start outsourcing? Yeah. Uh, So
1: I'll I'll start at a very base level because the, the thing about, you know, putting this book together and, and everything that we've put together, it applies to both real estate professionals and your uh, normal consumer, right? For those that are interested in the real estate side of the game. So at the base level, for those real estate professionals, typically they have a little bit of an upper hand because they're already in the conversation. But let's just say somebody's, you know what, I'm gonna get into real estate investment, I'm gonna make the commitment, I'm gonna learn, blah, 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 right? The very first thing that I would say is go and figure out how to become a resource. Uh, there are others out there that are in your same position and real estate investment just happens to be super sexy so it's very easy to talk about it's very easy to attract so start looking for different blogs different podcasts right and start being a conduit for some of those resources because not only do you help your audience but you also help the individuals like yourself anthony that are out here putting effort and energy into this stuff right so it's two wins And the more that you can find really good information to pass along, the more people are going to start taking notice and going, you know what, Anthony is starting to do real estate, right? Maybe I should reach out to Anthony and see what he has going on, see what his plans are, so on and so forth, right? Because it's all about the conversation. So that's the uh, easiest, uh, lowest barrier of entry to jump into this. But as soon as you start picking up some momentum with some conversations, now you get to ask the question, hey, Anthony, if I happen to come across a property that I think was a really decent investment, would you wanna hear about it? Right? And then from there you go, okay, cool. And would you potentially be interested in, you know, investing your own money? Great, how much would that be? Where are you starting? right? And so this just leads to more and more conversations. The more that you're putting it out there, the more that you're committed to jumping into real estate investments, the more conversations you start entering and you never know where one conversation is going to take you and what level of financing it may provide, right? So I hammer on that piece pretty hard because it's it's easy, right? And there's 7 billion people out there. Somebody's going to want to hear your message. You just have to be out there, you know, talking about it a little bit. So, um, and then you get to this point where as a real estate professional, you have a commission that you can utilize. You can throw into the deal as participation. So we've done that. We did that out of the gate, kind of building up, uh, you know, with different opportunities, throwing, Seven thousand dollar commission into the mix, and then you know getting paid out twelve to fifteen or whatever that return was, and it just started to snowball. Um, and that's what that's what some of the real estate professionals out there that are in a decent uh, financial position to be able to do so um, can really start capitalizing. Otherwise, you purely have to focus on your network. You've got to uh, utilize your zone of genius to go and um, attract folks from your network. And that goes back to providing some
0: sort of resources. That makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned most of your projects have, you know, it sounds like somewhat of a shorter term time span because you want to get the money out and then, you know, rinse, recycle, repeat. So um, what do you say to, like you mentioned, you know, kind of more of a veteran agent or professional, know that's just looking for more passive income you recommend that you know they invest that commission check in different types of deals like how do you you know how do you advise yeah um
1: well each situation is different right so if this is a a veteran agent and they actually have some investments, you know, already, or they have some money, right? It's a whole different conversation. From there, we are looking for bigger properties. You know, we don't get the opportunities. Um, actually, I should say, we typically don't look for the opportunities like what you're talking about in, you know, a 340-unit complex or association. You know, up here, we talk about the 20 units or, you know, you might come across a 100-unit property every now and again. Um, But realistically, I think just having your money in the market, in the asset, in the property is the most important piece of the scenario, right? And so if you're able to leverage it to a degree and participate with others, typically I see the ability to um, really uh, pick up some momentum with those dollars that you're earning take place as a result of bringing maybe a couple other, other folks in. If if you're open to that scenario. So um, that's what we've done with our group. Uh, We've been now focusing on the fix and flips for so long that we've got a pretty good track record. And so when I have the conversation with the individual that has 20,000, 50,000, 150,000, it's all right, where's your level of comfort? Um, You know, would you be okay going into Uh, a $300,000 flip with other folks? Or would you prefer we do, you know, one on one, just us two going in and, um, you know, and and everybody's different. Everybody has a different philosophy and different goals. Um, But, you know, the majority of the time, it's all about being in the asset and, you know, doing our best to shepherd other people's money and find the best properties for them to participate.
0: Great. That makes a lot of sense. And Joe, so how could people find you? How could people buy your book? How could people, uh, what were you we just drinking?
1: Oh, that? um, alkaline spring water flow. Hello.
0: Do they have that uh, over here in the States?
1: I, I don't know. I, uh, I watched that damn, uh, uh, oh it's one of the Netflix shows with, um, oh gosh, what is his name? Uh, Young actor, decent looking dude. Oh, it's going to bug me. Anyway, I watched his Netflix series where he's now going out and trying to impact the world, right? And one of them was on water and uh, the benefits of just natural water. So I got into this whole thing about trying to find natural water versus, you know, some of the uh, public utilities that have all the gunk in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway,
0: so how could people find you?
1: Um, Yeah, so the easiest way is to go to LegacyBeyondListings.com. I've got a little case study there if uh, somebody's interested in reading more about that specific story we talked about with the 40-year-old investor. I was 39 at the time, but I was working with where they thought it'd be good to use 40, whatever. Um, So yeah, they can uh, go to LegacyBeyondListings.com. Um, the book Asset Acquisitions and Abundance is on Amazon. I think it's like 99 cents for Kindle readers. And then the hard copy is up around 12 bucks, if I remember correctly. So uh, you can find it on there as well.
0: Nice. Awesome. Well, definitely I would encourage my listeners to go check out uh, Joe's book. Uh, Definitely check out his platform. If you're interested in learning more about it, you know where to find it. Um, Also, uh, if you want to find a little bit more about uh, what I do, you can go to my website, rednightproperties.com And you can, if you want, you can reach out to to me and I can put you in touch with Joe. It always helps to have some warm introductions there. Um, so again, this is Discovery Multifamily episode 73 with Joe Bell. And again, Joe, thanks for coming on the podcast and hope to see you again soon.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, Anthony. Thank you so much. Let me know how I can support you moving forward.
0: Excellent. Thank you. All right.